0: Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, we're going to learn about lumbar spine corrections. I know it sounds kind of like basic, like duh, okay, but we're going to cover what home exercises you can do and how to regenerate and reposition discs. This is a whole different world. Um, Now, um, we've got a censored portion that's going to be on the Dr. BVIP uh, because in our society... you can't really talk about certain things. And it's interesting. The people that are uh, completely caught up in the COVID culture, they don't even know that there's a censorship going on out there. Really unique. And also Extreme Health Academy. I did a lot of work this weekend answering questions. Uh, Please get in there for Bergman 14. You still get two weeks for free. Now, there's a third part in our series on cervical, thoracic, and now we're talking lumbar. And just again to reiterate, arthritis is an adaptation. The most common type of arthritis is osteoarthritis. It's also called disc um, degenerative disc disease, and it's also called osteoarthritis. Now, What's interesting is it's in a type of arthritis that's non-inflammatory, even though arthritis means joint inflammation. So it's really the body adapting to some type of trauma. And it doesn't happen when you age. I've seen arthritic joints in 20 years old, and I've got an example here of somebody 75 and not a stitch of arthritis. So the body is designed to continually regenerate. So this is going to be an exciting world. Now, MRIs are notoriously inaccurate. And this is one of the frustrating things because um, a lot of doctors, when they're looking at an MRI, the patient's going to be laying down on their back and you've got gravity pushing down, you've got the table pushing up, you've got the natural curves to the spine, and then worse. Inflammation distorts the image, it's like nuts. Now I've got a couple of, because um, they're coming up with weight-bearing MRIs and this means that you're standing up. Uh, now it does change the biomechanics but I'm still not a big fan of the MRIs. Um, I might uh, order maybe one a year when I'm looking for a tumor or soft tissue growth or looking for something. Never for a disc injury, because they're really, really poor. Um, here's a thing by Dr. Stephen Brownstein, board-certified medical radiologist, and he actually wrote the foreword to Essentials of Skeletal Radiology. Quote, significantly more pathology is discovered through an MRI scan when the ton is, when it is done when a patient is in neutral or standing position, um, as opposed to the recumbent position the pressure on the L5S1 disc, and this is the disc right at the bottom of the lumbar, is 11 times greater when the patient is standing and bending forward as opposed to lying down. So obviously, if you're going to see it under stress, it's a good idea. Now, the Journal of Clinical Radiology, they, and this was an article about upright positioning of the MRI of the lumbar spine. And what they said was, supine magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, is routinely used in the assessment of low back pain and radiculopathy. Uh, However, imaging findings often correlate poorly with clinical findings. End of quote. And that's clinical radiology. It's interesting that this could be so um, failed and so common, it's absolutely mind-blowing. In fact, it so commonly fails, there's a, a billing code called failed back surgery syndrome. This is back and leg pain that occurs after spinal surgery, usually after a laminectomy. Now, Peter Oldrich, an uh, orthopedic surgeon, quote, by far the number one reason back surgeries are not effective and some patients experience continued pain after surgery is that the lesion operated on is not in fact the cause of the patient's pain? That's huge, and and when you understand that, that when you get a, a spine or central nervous system that is completely off off kilter, that's going to be an indicator that there's more of a problem. It's it's kind of like why is the body off not oh, gee, you know, you got pain here, we got a disc there, that's going to be the issue. Now, why most doctors don't understand that discs are alive, they can regenerate. I, I know I said that like twice. Well, because they give non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. They give Advil, Motrin, Aleve, um, and Tylenol, which is not an ansteroidal, nobody knows how it works, but it has a similar effect. So, Tylenol and nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories actually destroy the joint cartilage, the proteoglycan production, the building block of cartilage. It literally destroys it, and it also causes accelerated bone destruction. Now, they've known this since 1999, but what's the primary the primary um, therapy that these doctors use? It's it's going to be a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory. Uh, so, we have to identify and correct the real problem. Okay, does that make sense? Now, knowing that the lumbar, top of the lumbar, is the end of the sympathetic nervous system. And so anything, any problem on here can alter how the body regenerates tissue. The bottom of the lumbar is attached to the sacrum and the pelvis. And that's hugely important because that's half of the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest, digest or repair. So without addressing um, the lumbar discs or how the lumbar functions, you are never going to get the, the person better or healthier. Now, there's a lot of things that come out of the low back, and we're talking almost every leg symptom. <laughs> the, sciatic nerve. the sciatic nerve. We're looking at um, knee issues is going to be out of the third lumbar. Groin pain. Pain all the way down to the calf or front. I mean, all of these nerves, and they're called dermatomes, which is an area of skin supplied by a specific nerve root. Just know that when you have a problem with that lumbar, or it's going to negatively affect the pelvis and the autonomic function. Uh, it's like one of the um, the the examples I would give to patients or or the students when I was teaching them is I'd pick somebody with light-colored eyes, and I'd say, what's the connection between the hand and the eye? And, you know, one, two, three, and I'd pinch the hand really hard, and you'd see the pupils dilate. And, you know, because you you learn this stuff, but you're not really taught the practical application of it. So if you understand that any kind of physical, chemical, or emotional stress is going to negatively affect how the body regenerates itself then you're going to look for the underlying cause of some type of stressor. It's like if you have somebody with reflux, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol, okay, do they have um, too much stomach acid so they're throwing it up? That's what the medical world is thinking about. Um, High blood pressure is something broken in their body where they have to, um, where, where their body can't regulate their own blood pressure. You know, again, think think of how crazy that is. High cholesterol. Uh, your cholesterol is higher than what the doctor thinks. Or is the body in a stressed state, elevating blood pressure, elevating cholesterol, shutting blood supply down to the gut? You know, what makes more sense? So now let's look at the um, lumbar spine. The best way to take an x-ray is to have it. You're standing up straight on the ground. And this way you're no shoes, so we're seeing exactly the length of the legs, everything. Then you've got to take the spine and bend it off to one side. That means you're holding on to um, the, the pelvis or the top of the hip area, and when they start to bend too much and that hip recruits, that when you stop. Now, taking an x-ray like this, you're going to be able to identify individual disc motion. Now, it's really hard to mark because you're marking a three-dimensional object in two dimensions. And uh, luckily, from the about the first year in chiropractic college, a little bit more than the first year, I was in the fourth trimester, I worked, donated my time to this doctor who did amazing work. He did this technique called... Um, ASBE or Applied Spinal Biomechanical Engineering by, I think it was Joseph Harragona, And the guy I worked with was a fellow in it. And we would do 13 views of just the neck. So I got pretty good at marking x-rays. And at the time, it was before digital. So we were marking a 1200-speed film, which Honest to goodness, it's like marking a snow bear in a snowstorm, okay, to see this. So you start to get better at marking x-rays. And when you're marking the bending films, it's super important to understand yeah. that you're, you're looking at multiple different areas. So um, you can see grossly that there is an abnormal bending, with with an alteration in how the the body bends. And just think of this. When you're bending off to the side, you should see a curve. And if that curve is broken up or it's you know kind of like a flat tire where it's not round all the way around, that's going to indicate that there's an issue there. I'm going to bring up some case studies, okay? And one of them, seven back surgeries. This guy had four bolts, two discs replaced, and one fused. I mean, crazy. And he had a six-degree bend. So imagine if you're standing up straight, six-degree bend right above the surgery site. And what we just read um, by the you know clinical radiology is that, that they're working in the wrong place. And it just makes sense because you can't um, operate on an area when you've got the rest of the body deviated. It just doesn't make sense. I'm going to show some x-rays of a two-year follow-up that show discs regenerating, which is hugely important, okay, because people don't think they can regenerate. And then I'm going to go over a couple of more surgery cases. But now let's look at the pelvis, and we're not going to get into the pelvis a whole bunch, but just understand that that pelvis is directly connected to the lumbar, And if the pelvis is off, this means if the gait is off. So when I'm checking somebody's lumbar spine, first thing I do is I say, take off your shoes. Because if the feet are off, the gait is off, and that's going to change how the entire system works. Okay, I mean, just just think about that. So if you're limping, is that going to affect your low back? Of course it will. Will it affect the shoulder? Of course it will. So if you want to get people better and you happen to be a chiropractor or somebody that works with the physiology, you're going to actually be um, correcting the gait, the feet, the knees, the pelvis, the everything. It's hugely important. Now, if you know anybody that's had long-term back issues and and who's ever they're working with, is, is saying that um, they have piriformis syndrome. Well, piriformis uh, is, is literally one of the only muscles that crosses the sacral iliac joint. So if you have piriformis syndrome, that means that you've got an unstable pelvis. Just think of this, muscles do not react on their own. They're not gonna just all of a sudden flip out. Um, and why? Uh, well, because the muscle is going to increase its tone for a reason. Now, when we look at, at, because the doctors are only looking at the the site of the MRI. They're not looking at the gait. They're not looking at the pelvis. They're not looking at, at um, how the body is, is at walking through the world. They're not going to look at sleep patterns or any of that so failed back surgery syndrome and this is the journal of surgical and neurology 1998 98% 80% 40% 29 to 15 so what does that mean well spine surgeons often quote 98% success rate for surgical fusion however that's the fusion process that means they they knocked you out did the operation woke you up and the operation was completed the way the surgeon wanted? The problem is for every single level of fusion, you get a 48 to 80 percent um, effectiveness. That means um, 20 to sixty percent not working. Pain reduction with you if you have three levels, it's only 15 percent. that means 85 percent failure rate. So it's obvious that that isn't the best. Now, even the Mayo Clinic says that steroid injections don't work for everyone, and repeated steroid injections can weaken the nearby bones and connective tissue. So, again, think of this. You're going to shove a needle into the guy's spine, and you're injecting something that will shrink the swelling, but eventually it's going to destroy the bone and the connective tissue. That's not a good deal. So let's get some self-help. Let's figure out how to regenerate the discs on our own. Number one thing, never lay on your back with your knees bent. Okay, And a lot of people will say, lay on the floor, put your um, legs up on a chair, the seat of a chair. Uh, a lot of people will say, put a pillow in between your legs. The problem is that flattens out the discs in the low back. Flattening out the discs in the low back actually reverses the discs. And that's completely incorrect biomechanics. And if you figure the discs are 80 interconnecting rings of ligamentous tissue. These discs are so, so tough. Um, it, in fact, when you're, when you're um, doing human dissection, you can take a probe, which kind of looks like a pen, and pass it through bone pretty easy. You can't beat it into a disc with a hammer. It's that tough. So, I mean, the, to damage the the ligament. And don't worry. Slipped, bulged, herniated are just different levels or layers of the same thing. It's like a cut. So how do you do this? Now, now I've got um, one video on how to correct a disc injury in three days. It's one of the few videos that hasn't been deleted yet. I would totally recommend you looking at it. Because what you do, and this was, I was working with my daughter-in-law, severe, um, well, it's an acute exacerbation of a long-term old problem. So what we do is you lay the patient under abdominal suspension. This means the pelvis has to be raised up and the tummy's hanging in the air. And then my table actually pulls the bottom part apart. You're you're literally separating those joints on a segmental level. So you're distracting it. And just think, if you've got a bone on top and a bone below coming down, squishing out the disc, how about you decompress that or open up that space? That disc is going to go back into the hole. And then you're going to create a negative pressure allowing fluid to flow into the disc. And then if you could bend it to one side or bend it to the other, the entire body, you're going to create a negative pressure on one side, positive on the other. So you can literally rework that disc back into place. Uh, now, we do at our clinic three adjustments a day separated by 90 minutes. And it's hugely important. And then, in acute injuries, you've got to stabilize the pelvis. And this means you're going to use... Um, a trochanter support, to approximate or bring the pelvis together. And this is how you fix the lumbar disc injuries. You've got to pay attention to the pelvis. And this is why trochanter support is so important. Now, we're going to talk about self-tractioning. And self-tractioning is huge. I'm going to try something tonight where I'm going to play a video. Uh, But we give a white foam piece. And the foam piece is just a a tubular shaped, four inches in diameter, and it's really, really firm. It's almost impossible to compress it. Well, when you're sitting, it's placed at the bottom of the elbow and the bottom of the roll. And so this way, you're putting it back there for 20 minutes, take it out for 10 minutes, assuming you're in a straight back chair. Now, I'm going to tell you how to decompress your own spine, okay, without going to the chiropractor. And sometimes, I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes chiropractors will take time off. They might have a weekend, or have to go on a vacation, or they might have an emergency. Uh, you know, there's a lot of variations. So when we're when we're looking at this, um, if you can do this at home when you're in absolute agony, it's a great idea. So you need a chair with arms, and if you don't have a chair with arms, you can back two chairs. Um, the backs of the chairs going up into one. So one on one side, one on the other side. But put your arms on the the armchairs, and you're going to push down just a little bit with the arms so your butt comes off the ground or off the chair just a little bit, just a fraction of an inch. And you're going to do a pumping action where you're pushing down, you come up off, and then you go back down. Push down, and you get that little distraction, then go back down. So that little intermittent pressure is going to start to force the fluid back into the joints. It's amazing. Now, let's kick it up a notch. So that little white foam piece or plastic water bottle, usually it's placed at the bottom of the elbows as the bottom of the bottle. Now you're going to place it up about one inch to an inch and a half higher than it was before. So it's up right at the bottom of the thoracic area. And so you're leaning up against it, and you're pushing down, again, on the armchair. So your butt just comes off the chair just a tiny fraction of an inch. And so now you get the distractive force, which opens up the disc lengthways. It's called axial traction. And then you get the force of the foam piece put in from the back to the front. Amazing, brilliant. This is just the force loading that you need that we would do in our office to reposition a disc. And if you can't get to our office or your chiropractor doesn't know how to correct disc injury, this will be a, a part, a small part of it. You can't regenerate the disc unless you're actually moving the bones. And this right here, this exercise of sitting up straight in a straight back chair, pushing down on the arms of the chair, and lifting your butt off the ground, that's only to hydrate the discs. And it will reposition a disc, so it's going to take a heck of a lot of pressure off. And then you can take a lot of vitamin C, you could do juicing and blending, because there's going to be a lot of inflammation there. What you never, ever want to do is use heat. Never heat on the swollen disc of the spine. And so we're going to show how, how... important this is, and we're going to demonstrate this self-traction. You can also, if you have a pull-up bar, you can hang from it. But this self-traction using a chair works fantastically well because you're pushing down on the arms, distracting up with that foam piece, and that's that's going to be ideal. Now, you've got to pay attention to this because when you're looking at the prostate, bowel, bladder, Ovaries, uterus—I mean, all of the structures involved down there. All of these things have to do with healthy lumbar and pelvic function. So I get people all the time: erectile dysfunction, or some type of sexual dysfunction, or um, you know, just b- prolapsed b- bladder or pl- prolapsed uterus. All of these have to do with the pelvic instability and long-term, usually low back issues. So you've got to look at the low back and, and understand that this is involved in every prostate, bowel, bladder issue there is. Now, when we're correcting the lumbar, you also got to make sure that you're correcting the gait. And I know it sounds crazy, but if you are not, and again, this is why a lot of workman's compensation doctors, a lot of personal injury doctors, they fail at correcting people because they're only working at the site of the injury. If, you know, like back pain hurts, pain hurts here, and then you get a moron doctor that's going to inject it with cortisone there without understanding why it's it's damaged or where the issue is, I mean, it's mind-boggling with soup. You wouldn't, you wouldn't allow a mechanic like that to work on your car, because if your back has been hurting, uh, do you think your gait might be off? Do you think that your sleep patterns are going to be off? If your back has been hurting for years, do you think there's going to be an emotional component? Of course. So in order for you to correct and regenerate that lumbar, you've got to tr- correct the gait, You've got to correct the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. That is the only way to do it. Now, one way is you can also sit backwards in a chair. just just think of the way a cowboy or cowgirl would would sit where you're facing the back of the chair, and this is hugely important because when you put your legs out to go around the back or you could sit you know on the edge of a chair, put your legs out really, really wide. It's going to feel better because you're approximating the hips. You can also get a trochanter support, which this trochanter support is just, it's got some Velcro. It goes one inch below the top of the pelvis, stabilize the pelvis. It's great for standing or walking. Then other exercises. You can roll up a towel to four inches in diameter, but it's got to be super firm where you can't really compress it. And it's placed at the bottom of the elbow is the bottom of the ball. And this is going to be right at the junction of the rib cage and low back area. So it's a hugely important area because that's where the spinal cord stops. And the roll, when you're sitting there, is going to be back there for 20 minutes, take it out for 10 minutes. So 20 minutes in, 10 minutes out. 20 minutes in, 10 minutes out. Now, knowing that the back has probably been out for a while, we've got to fix the gait. Okay, and this is going to be huge. Like when I see somebody with long-term back pain, I'll say, take your shoes off. If I see a beginning bunion formation or severe bunion formation, what do you think that's going to be from? Compromised nerve supply to the foot. And then if somebody is walking on a bunion, is that going to change how their pelvis moves? If the pelvis is connected to the low back, is that going to change the low back? I know, can you can you see Oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Somebody with low back pain, we're going to give them a calf exercise to stretch their calf. We're going to check their knees. We're going to check their pelvis. We're going to check the thoracic area. We're going to check their lumbar. I mean, just exactly what you would do, okay, if if somebody came into you and you said, look, you know, we really got to make sure that, this, um, that when we get the lumbar corrected, because, again, Think of how insane the medical world is if you're going to inject somebody, if you're going to do a laminectomy, if you're going to do a lumbar fusion, and you're not going to look at changing the gait or stabilizing the pelvis or correcting the sleep pattern changes. You've got to look at the entire system. It's called holistic care, but it's really not. It's just common sense. Uh, Because in any type of long-term low back problem, you've got to check um, everything, particularly the gait. So this is the one way to assess and correct lumbar and pelvic dysfunction. Number one, full spine x-rays with lateral flexion of the lumbar and cervical extension correction. You've got to check the autonomic nervous system, so that's heart rate variability, and a full body thermography. That would be brilliant. Those are the greatest tests around. Now, how to correct it? You've got to get to a corrective chiropractor, and you've got to reset your sleep patterns. That means you've got to change your circadian rhythm. Um, since you've been in a stressed state, plant-based organic diet will correct the nutritional deficiencies. It's also going get you're going to get the amino acids in order to build a healthy body, and then you've got to reprogram the emotional component. Because there is, and you're talking physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. If you're not addressing the emotional stressors, you're not going to get better. So I hope you got a good idea of what the lumbar is like now. Anything. You can push down on a chair. You can hang from a bar. You can put some force loading on it. But in order to truly assess it, in order to truly assess the lumbar, you've got to assess the thoracic area. In order to truly assess the thoracic area, you've got to assess the cervical spine. So it is impossible, and this is one of the reasons that the medical system and the chiropractic system, a lot of the school system is failing because when I got into this, and this is you know 25 years ago I've been in practice, um, we were taught to not diagnose, to not look for symptoms. Symptoms will bring the patient in, but you've got to look at what the function of the body is. And 90% of the nerves that come out that spine, there's no pain fibers. So any doctor that's asking you where you hurt, how long has it hurt, describe the quality of your pain. That's a bad doctor. Okay, you need somebody to assess the entire body. If you have a doctor that says, look, you've got this disc out, we saw it on MRI, and you ask him, well, what herniated it? and they say old age or something else, If they are going to fail over 90% of the time, according to statistics. You've got to get to a corrective chiropractor that's going to assess the, the spine and correct it. If you are going to get surgery, make sure they're looking at the neck and thoracic area. Make sure they're looking at your gait. Make sure they're looking at your feet and the biomechanics of the knees. You have to look at the entire body, in order to correct the entire body, and and I know it, you know it's like well that makes sense because your body's going to be regenerating. This is Dr. John Bergman, your voice of reason. God bless you, and I love you.